Last year, while attending a writing conference in Tampa, Florida, Eric and I found ourselves drawn to an off-site event at the Five Star Dive Bar called Strange Theater, a menagerie of fabulous, with stories and poems about animals and magical creatures and the speculative worlds where the lines between human and beast blur and fade. Among the readers that night was Melissa Goodrich. Melissa told the story of a girl who turns into white rabbits, sometimes one, sometimes many, with a sister who turns into lions. We've all heard that question before, the icebreaker, you know the one. If you could be any animal, which would you be? Well, Melissa's story is more like, with what non-human animal do your personality traits most align? A cat. You'd be a cat. Sleeping all day, not really wanting any intention, unless it's on my terms. So a house cat. Well, maybe like a snow leopard, because snow is in my veins. Do you think ice runs in your veins? Um, I think, I feel like I'd be a coyote. Like a scavenger, like kind of kind of trashy a little bit. And also kind of like a trickster of sorts. Always like messing with people. Welcome to Bestiary. I'm Meg Sipis, here with Eric Botts. And today we give you Melissa Goodrich, co-author alongside Dana Deal of the short story collection, The Classroom. This story is called The Girl Who Turns to Rabbits. But before we get to that, a quick message. When we get nervous, we turn into white rabbits. We get put into a white room. Sometimes it doesn't happen all at once. I can tell I'm getting nervous when whiskers poke out on my cheeks, when my ears stretch grow under my hair, pointing upward and swiveling like radio antenna. I know it's happening when I can hear pencils sharpening three classrooms over, when I can smell the cafeteria on the first floor of the school frying bacon on the burners. But usually, it starts in my heart. For me, it does. It's a spilling of rice grains, or a necklace of firecrackers, or my heart is full of mousetraps. That's what it feels like. Sometimes it does happen all at once. One moment I don't understand who Ulysses S. Grant is and I see the word test on the whiteboard. And I write in my assignment notebook in red bubble letters over and over and then poof. I'm a white rabbit with a red pen clenched in my teeth and I'm seeing the world out the sides of my head. I say we turn into white rabbits because it happens to a lot of us here. The school for gifted and nervous white rabbits. When you graduate, you're supposed to have mastered it. You're supposed to have gripped your kicking, squirming heart and held it shut like a compact. Your heart is supposed to be solid as a turtle shell with the soft thing hidden within. If you can't control it, you don't graduate. 
You can't leave until you've gone years without turning into white rabbits. The thing about the White Room is, it's awful. It's designed to dissuade you from using your power. The power to turn into white rabbits. In the White Room, you panic. You don't know how many other white rabbits are in there, but it feels like the walls are all muzzles, and behind the muzzles are teeth. I have teeth too, and I use them, running buck-eyed and brainless through the room, teeth bared, a foam of white fur in my mouth. The floor is soft with the fur of white rabbits. Sometimes we're shedding, and sometimes we're tearing into or torn. The walls are white, rabbit white. The ceiling is a rectangle of sun, so blinding there are no shadows. There is nowhere to hide. I feel like I will never graduate. Sometimes I turn into not just one white rabbit, but many. The more nervous I am, the more white rabbits I turn into. I slide down the hallways, scatter through doorways, trying to escape the white room, but they catch me. All of me, white-gloved and white-suited in this hallway of mirrors and glass. Once in the white room, I close my eyes. You're not supposed to do this as a rabbit. It's very dangerous to close all three of your eyelids, to pull the woolly one down. We learn about all this in school. We learn about our rabbit teeth growing into painful points, about the sensitive pads of our feet, about how we are poor swimmers and territorial lovers, all the things we learn to dissuade us from becoming white rabbits. I am trying. I have been told to breathe, and so I am trying it, breathing. I am trying to picture the ocean, trying to feel like I will not be a failure forever, even though I cannot picture what that looks like. I imagine foam. I imagine a seagull scooping me up. I try to picture being buried underground, my fur decomposing, my little white bones. I try picturing how quiet it is down there with the tree roots. This is the only way I know how to not turn into white rabbits. I think of my little white bones and I think of the roots of plants and the soundlessness of earthworms and of a place without teeth. I close my eyes and I stop my feet from running and I think, one day I'll be bones. Even if I'm always white rabbits, even if I learn to control it, I will end up bones. I'm okay with ending up bones.
My sister doesn't turn to white rabbits. My sister turns to lions. My sister turns to lions and sometimes my sister, she eats white rabbits. She has promised to never eat me, that she would recognize me by my smell, that she knows the difference between my white rabbits and the white rabbits she likes to eat. She goes to a different school, of course, the school for gifted and angry lions. But she is the type of student who scales fences in a single bound. She is the type of student who causes mischief and vandalism. Or that's what her school calls it when we are missing white rabbits, when our attendance steeply drops in the night. In between our schools is jungle. In the jungle is where the wild children live. We can hear them through our windows. It isn't safe out there. The wild children turn to animals and never turn back. They don't want to go to school. They don't want to turn back. In the jungle, the boys turn into snakes. The girls turn like a wish into thorns, into thistle, into a Venus flytrap. The boys turn into vultures and the girls turn into cats, narrow and yellow-eyed. Don't go into the jungle, they tell us at the school for gifted and nervous white rabbits. Go into the jungle, they bellow and stomp at lion basketball games, lion football games, lion pep rallies. At the school for gifted and nervous rabbits, we play Scrabble pretty competitively. We learn printmaking. We iron. We have salad tossing competitions where the whole school goes mad. One night, a lion appears in my room. I had been running around as white rabbits because, see, the thing about me is, I don't just turn into rabbits when I'm nervous. I turn into rabbits when I'm giddy. I had been racing around my bedroom carpet at top speed. So quickly, I charged up with static. When a lion appears through the window weeping, when a lion I know is my sister, even though I try to calm down and use all the techniques, I'm still a rabbit. And when our noses touch, I shock her. It is weird seeing a weeping lion. My sister is only supposed to turn to lions when she gets angry. I never get angry. And so I never turn to lions. Maybe you're supposed to turn to slugs when you get sad, but this is no slug. This is a lion with tears round as pearls. This is a lion 
with long cry lines flattening the folds in her mane. She has a mane like a male lion, and it is as orange gold as a canyon. I reached my rabbit paw up to her eyes. I have to do this sideways so I can see her. Sideways, so I know if her jaw is going to clench around my neck. I'm nervous, so I guess I'm white rabbits. I lift a paw, pet her cheek. What's wrong, lion? I ask. Rabbit, she says, I hate myself. You hate yourself? I hate myself, says the lion, turning to more lions. She says, I can't do anything right. I'm always lions. I'm always angry. My rabbit legs are shaking. There are at least four lions in the room, circling me. I focus on the first one, the one that's right in front of me. You are a great lion, I say. You think I'm going to eat you. My own sister thinks I'm going to eat her. I think everyone's going to eat me, I say. I'm always scared. She says, I'm always angry. I say, I love that you are angry. I wish I were like you. She picks me up in her lion jaws, her jowls wet with tears. She picks me up by my torso so she can feel that rattle can heart of mine, the little self-detonator I keep in my chest. When she jumps from the window, the rest of her lions scatter. She carries us to the jungle between our two schools. With one paw, she digs me a burrow. She drops me down and I bound into it, digging hard to make it longer, wider, deeper, closer to the roots of the earth.
Melissa Goodrich is a writer based in Tucson, Arizona. Her work has appeared in American Short Fiction, Artful Dodge, The Kenyan Review Online, Passages North, Pank, Word Riot, Gigantic Sequence, and others. She is a co-author alongside Dana Deal of the collaborative collection, The Classroom. Her rabbit's name is Oliver. Everyone calls him Bun Bun. Melissa's latest book is Daughters of Monsters, a collection of short stories featuring a toxic cloud that devours all in its path, a man who shows up as past versions of himself for a birthday party he has thrown for himself, and a monster's daughter in search of her own coming of age. The book was published this year by Dynamo Verlag, that's V-E-R-L-A-G. Find them at dynamoverlag.com. Beastary is produced by me, Meg Slapis, and him, Eric Botts. Eric also did the editing and sound design for the episode, and he created our theme music. You also heard music in this episode by the Barker Trio, Cototo Duo, La Corporacion, The Watery Graves of Portland, Gospel of Mars, Hernan Sama, and Marcelo von Schultz. And the music you're hearing now is by Animals and Men. You can subscribe to the show through Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or whatever app you use to tap into the podcast ether. We're on Twitter and Facebook at BeastieryPod. Our website is BeastieryPod.org. As always, thanks for listening. You also heard music in this episode by the Barker Trio, Catado Duo, Cototo Duo, La, La Cor... I'm so going to put this at the end of the episode. La Corp... <laughs> Spanish is not my thing. <laughs> I'm so going to put La Corporacion. It's not that hard. Why? Because I didn't take Spanish and I can't get my mouth around Just the words. La Corporacion. It's not that hard. La cor- la cor- do what? <laughs> do not do that. Tell please. you the right way to pronounce it. Corporacion. You have my word. No, do that. Just don't share this with the rest of the world, please. <laughs> Goddamn, Kai.